Hello, and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock, and this is the last stop on the Reincarnated Book Tour. A chapter reading from my own book. You asked for it. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> so for those of you who have been following along, I wrote a book, Reincarnated, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Love Set Me Free, available now at amandapollock.com. And I have been bringing along women, uh, speaking to people, or not speaking to people, uh, who have really been there along the way, who have inspired me, because the biggest thing about my book that I really wanted to get out there was how often we are reincarnated, how we've all lived a million different lives, and how there really is no one path, even though people tell you that there's one way that you're supposed to do something or you convince yourself that your life has to look the way you thought. Maybe it, it didn't turn out how you thought it would be, but maybe it turned out how it should be. So anyway, uh, but yes, so a lot of people have actually said uh to me, oh, it'd be so good to hear it in your voice. Oh, it would be so awesome if you were doing a book tour. You could go here and you could read it and all of these things. But I wanted to come and bring it to you first. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So here, um, here is a, a reading from chapter one of Reincarnated: How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Love Set Me Free by myself. Early 2006, my dad followed me down in his truck and with my bed and a load of boxes. After we unpacked everything and he left to make the six-hour drive back home, I sat in my room wondering what I had done. I was 19 years old and living in LA. This was it. My first day of class, I was terrified. As people started Filing in, I felt so ordinary and very young. All of my fire about going after my dreams and being bold was quickly dissipating. If you wanted to write a comedy about people moving to L.A., this group offered the perfect material for it. We had a handsome Danish man who wore v-neck shirts and scarves, a bubbly and sparkly a California woman who was a retired police officer, a salty Irish man who was a former race car driver, a former bouncer from New York, and a European fashion model amongst others. We were quite a bunch. Everyone seemed to have so much more life experience than I had, and I convinced myself in a single moment that they were all better than me. I don't know why we give other people the benefit of the doubt and strip ourselves of any positivity, but in that moment, I did. The program was five days a week of morning sessions with three different instructors. There was heaps of reading, studying, and rehearsals. If there's one thing that I love, though, at school, I love showing up every day for the conversations, activity, and homework, especially when it's in a creative environment. That is until your teacher makes you cry. It was the second or third day of class, and I was asked to do an exercise in front of everyone. 
I jumped up with my bad acting habits from school theater and thought that some good projection would get me by. My teacher, who I'll call Dick, wasn't having it. He had not only gone through the two-year Meisner program in New York, but he had gone back to study how Sandy taught the entire program, a.k.a. Dick knew his shit. He made me do the exercise over and over again and yelled at me until I snapped at him. I thought I had made a grave mistake by being rude, but I didn't realize at the time how him yelling was to push me to go deeper. It was to get me to react in a way that I wouldn't have done on my own. I redid the exercise, he nodded, and smiled at me, much better. A week or so later, a girl in my class was doing a scene with her partner when Dick stopped her. It wasn't a terrible scene, but she wasn't offering much. Everything about her was safe from her wardrobe to her acting choices. Dick asked, where are you from? Outside of Atlanta. The suburbs. Yeah. Nothing good ever happened in the suburbs, Dick said. That's why people move to the city. If you want to stay safe, go back to the suburbs. Unlike me, this didn't create a new emotion or determination in her. She gave the same performance again, and Dick seemed to expect that from her. Unfortunately, she was one of those people who gave a time limit to her time in L.A. If X, Y, and Z didn't happen within a year, she was moving back home. Well, you probably shouldn't have ever moved in the first place. And scene. <laughs> so when I was thinking about a section from that, my, this first chapter, I felt like this section said so much, and I want to talk about it with you, because so many times... We have a dream of how something should be or that we have to be ready for that next step. So when I first moved to L.A., I was 19. I was doing this acting intensive. It was a Meisner program, uh, Sanford Meisner, Sandy Meisner. I really believed in uh, acting truthfully in the moment. And it was uh, acting is not fake, you know, for people who think that acting Oh, actors are great liars. No, actors actually, they're not supposed to be great liars. They're supposed to be tapping into real authentic emotions that people have so that it brings out this uh, performance that connects. And so anyway, but I remember going into this class and feeling like, wow, I'm so ill-equipped. But something that was different for me, even though I ended up not staying for as long as I wanted to, that first time, I I went there with the intent that I would stay, that I would be invested. And so many times we start out with an idea of a dream, an idea, maybe it's, it is moving across the country for a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a career, or maybe you want to travel, or, I mean, good grief. (laughs) Dreams can be anything, really. It doesn't just have to be, like, work creative stuff. But so many times I think that we put limits on our own dreams. We confine ourselves in these ways where 
we're not really giving ourselves space to explore what could be. So, you know, I just showed up and I didn't know what was happening. And <laughs> I didn't really have any expectations of when things would happen or what it would happen, like what would be uh, going on those first few months. I just was like, all right, I'm here. But I want to talk about my classmate because that is, I think, a, a detrimental mindset to have. So I, I've talked to people uh, when I had moved, uh, when I had left L.A., um, I don't know, like six years ago, I, I would run into people uh, who, who knew I had gone down or even just people, you know, at work or something. And you start talking about this thing and you're like, yeah, you know, I lived here and I was doing this and then I'm now here and I'm doing something different. And a resounding comment that I got from people was, yeah, you know, I would only like, I would move to L.A., for acting. I've always wanted to do that, but I would give myself a six month limit. I would give myself this finite amount of time. And then if nothing was happening, I would leave. And like my classmate and I, and in that chapter, yeah, the biggest thing is that she had told me that she had a, a deadline. She did tell me if it, things didn't happen within a year. And if you really want a dream like that, most of the time there isn't a deadline. That's not to say things can't change. That's not to say that uh, once you've been doing it for a while, you're like, all right, I need to pivot to something else. This isn't fulfilling me. Let's see where we can go. But you can never enter something like this and say, wow, if things aren't happening in three years, I'm going to move home. Okay, but what if things happen in three years and six months? What if you never know with these things. And I wonder how many of us are putting limits on our dreams. And in that, we actually can enjoy our lives very much. I tell people this all the time that I know I enjoyed my time in LA so much because I believed it was my forever place. I believed that that was the place that I was supposed to be for the rest of my life, that I would be able to settle down that my career would happen, I would get married and have baby, you know, all the whole shebang. So it caused me to invest in my community and in my friendships and exploring my city and really loving where I was because I was going to be there. And I wonder how many of us think of the places that we are as temporary, even if you are following a dream, even if you do believe that I'm really trying hard. I moved to this city for this thing and I really want to give it a go. But are you fully present? Are you all in? I say that as someone who has also lived in multiple cities and not been all in. It's hard. It's definitely hard. But the only person who you're hurting when you don't do that is yourself. The only person who is truly affected by all of that is you. So what can you do where you are to be all in on something? Just even one thing. Uh, I know for myself, it's been if I decide that I'm either joining like some kind of community group or an exercise class or joining like a new studio, 
something where I have at least a place, a place that isn't my home, a place that I can start to grow things outside of me. Because if you're just sitting there where you are saying, if things aren't happening in a year, I'm going to leave, you're most likely going to make nothing happen. (laughs) You're already out the door. You're already deciding that it's not going to work. So stop doing that. (laughs) Stop doing that. Find that one thing, though, that you can do to make wherever you are the place. It took me a really long time to realize that I am always exactly where I need to be. And I don't have things figured out. And that's a huge thing in this book. And so I, I say that to encourage you that I've been there. I know what that is to kind of look at even the last five years of your life and you're like, what was all of this about? <laughs> what is happening? And you are absolutely not alone. But we have to be the ones to decide that we're not going to suffer through everything that is life. I wish that in some places that I lived that I would have gotten there quicker because I I did come to a a time every single place I've lived where I was like, okay, this is like, this feels better. But it was only when I stopped fighting it. And I think that when you move somewhere and you give it a, a deadline or, or even if it's not even moving somewhere, even if it's, I have to be a mom in this certain amount of time, or I have to, uh, you know, get married in this year, or when we put all of these deadlines on our lives, we miss so many other things. We miss things coming into our lives that we never would have expected. When we're trying to control things so much, we can't really enjoy the surprises. We can't enjoy just sometimes the beauty that is life. So, welcome to my TED Talk. Um, No, but I really wanted to share this message because I feel that I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I've had more conversations with people in the last few weeks around this. And so I hope it's a, a message of encouragement, though, that you're not alone and we're all just trying to figure it out. And you need to give yourself the best possible chance to have those things that you want. I don't think that it's bad to be practical about some things, but let yourself dream some. Let yourself believe in things that maybe other people would tell you to not believe. Or Because what's the harm in having dreams, right? Like, good grief. If you decide, oh, well, if it doesn't happen by this time, whatever it is, if it doesn't happen by this time, then I'm giving up. Okay, but what are you giving up? (laughs) What are those things? Is it the stress and the anxiety trying to make something happen? Maybe that's a good thing to let go of. So uh, thank you, friends, for tuning in for this last stop, the Reincarnated Book Tour. Hop on over to amandapollock.com. You can pick up your copy right now. And you also get a a special training that I created called the Thrive Formula. I would be really interested to hear your feedback on it. And also a dollar from every purchase goes directly to St. Jude. And what better way than to uh, celebrate a story that is all about feeling lost and hope is around the corner. Uh, 
more times than not, then by helping the families and children of St. Jude make sure that they don't ever receive a bill for transportation, treatment, housing, or food. I don't think there's anything better than that. But anyway, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and can't wait to be with you soon.